Welcome to You News, the podcast using the power of Univision to bring the news that matters to you in English. Today is Wednesday, June 10th. I'm Andrea Linares. These are today's headlines. Emotional testimony from George Floyd's brother on Capitol Hill, answering questions about policing practices and accountability for law enforcement. Caught on camera, new alleged incidents of police violence and brutality emerge as some parts of the nation work toward police reform. And going home, friends and family pack a church to celebrate the life of George Floyd, laid to rest in his hometown of Houston. This and much more today on You News, transmitting live from our newsroom in Miami. We begin today on Capitol Hill with emotional testimony from Floyd's brother saying he's tired of the pain and pleading with lawmakers to make it stop. Philonese Floyd testifying in front of the House Judiciary Committee. Lawmakers there examining the crisis of racial profiling and police brutality. Take a listen to some of what Floyd said this morning. He didn't deserve to die over $20. I'm asking you. Is that, what a, is that what a black man is worth? $20? This is 2020. Enough is enough. Janet Rodriguez is live from Washington, D.C. with more on this. Janet, we heard a very powerful testimony from Philonese Floyd there. That's right. He also said that the police needs to be part of the solution and not the problem, that law enforcement needs to be taught how to deal with people, how to treat them with honor and respect, how to use force in only extraordinary times, and that everything needs to change. He asking asking law enforcement to treat not only his brother, but all African Americans, all the people of color in this country with the respect that they deserve, and asking Congress to take action immediately. Here's a little bit more of what he had to say. Yesterday, we laid him to rest. It was the hardest thing I ever had to do. I'm the big brother now. So it's my job to comfort my brothers and my sisters, Perry's kids, and everyone who loved him. And that's a lot of people. And in today's hearing, we also heard from the sister of a law enforcement officer, an African-American officer who died in Oakland, California, in the middle of violent riots that, that took place there, honoring the memory of George Floyd. She said that defunding the police is not the way to go. This is not the proper way to treat this injustice. That was the same thing that we heard from the chief of police from the Houston Police Department, Chief Art Acevedo. He said that a defunded police department or one that doesn't have enough funding can lead to disastrous results that people need to deal with the root causes of all of these problems at the community level, although he says he does want to see police reform across the board. Now, 200 members here in Congress from Democrats, from the House and the Senate have already put forth a police reform act, and now Tim Scott, the only African-American senator, has been tasked with putting together a proposal also for the Republicans in in the Senate. And at this hour, we are hearing that at the White House, they are also trying to put together an executive order for the president to sign in the next few days, possibly, where he would ask for Congress and police departments across the nation to start some sort of talks and try to reform themselves from the ground up. Back to you.
Thank you, Janet Rodriguez reporting in Washington, D.C. Lots of developments today. And we're learning new startling information in the investigation into George Floyd's death. One of the officers involved was apparently negotiating a plea deal. This has calls for police reform and defunding grow and new videos emerge of alleged police brutality. It's important to note the videos may not paint a full picture of the incidents, but they do raise questions and many concerns. Here's Lorraine Casares with that story. Today, new information regarding former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin, charged with George Floyd's death. According to Minneapolis station KMSP, he was reportedly negotiating a plea deal with the Hennepin County Attorney's Office and the U.S. Attorney before his arrest in May. This news coming out as demands for police reform across the country grow louder and new cases of alleged police brutality emerge. In Oklahoma, 13 months after the death of Derek Ollie Scott in police custody, the body cam video finally released, his family seeing it for the first time. They treated him so unhuman like he was an animal. He died at the hospital. Police cleared all officers involved of any wrongdoing. In Tacoma, Washington, this new video igniting calls for an independent investigation into the death of Manny Ellis, who died in police custody three months ago. You can hear Manny Ellis saying, I can't breathe, sir, I can't breathe. This as in Oakland, California. Justice for Eric. Jail the killing cop. The family of Eric Salgado says police not only killed him, but also his unborn child. Salgado led police on a pursuit during a stolen car investigation. His pregnant girlfriend was in the car. Amid calls to defund police, the Philadelphia City Council denying police any more money. Part of that additional money was for expansion of body cameras and for other training that we wanted to do on bias and, and anti-racist training. So we'll try to figure out a way to get that done in another another way. But it was clear we weren't going to have votes for the 14 votes for uh, for the increase. And uh, we'll, we'll readjust. LA announcing major cuts to their department, Seattle considering a 50% reduction, and New York redirecting funds to youth programs and moving a bill forward that would ban chokeholds. The NYPD union responding to the overall situation with a strong message. This isn't stained by someone in Minneapolis. It's still got a shine on it. And so do theirs. So do theirs. Stop treating us like animals and thugs. And start treating us with some respect. That's what we're here today to say. New York lawmakers overturned a 44-year-old law that shielded police personnel records from public view. If Governor Cuomo signs the bill, police departments will be required to disclose officer complaints and disciplinary records. In Miami, Lorraine Caceres, U News. Thank you, Lorraine, for that report. And also the chief of the Minneapolis Police Department promising to regain the public's trust. This morning, Chief Medaria Arredondo announced he is withdrawing from negotiations with the city's police union to conduct a thorough review of the city's contract with its officers. He made it clear that any negotiations wouldn't be about employees' benefits, wages, or salary, but instead finding ways to provide greater community transparency and more flexibility for true reform. Let's listen. As chief... I am obligated to ensuring the public safety of our 400,000-plus residents. 
um, I will not abandon that. Um, our elected officials certainly uh, can engage in those conversations, uh, but until um, there is a robust plan that reassures the safety of our residents, um, I will not leave them. I will not leave them behind. Chief Arredondo also said racism is an inextricable part of the system and it won't disappear until it's addressed head on. And the entire nation bid its final goodbye to George Floyd on Tuesday. Family, friends and political leaders gathered in Houston where Floyd grew up to remember his life and demand justice. Inside the Fountain of Praise Church, a moving, joyful, tearful celebration of the life of George Floyd by those who knew him best. In the tradition of the African-American church, this will be a homegoing celebration. Outside, law enforcement officers standing at attention and saluting as his gold coffin was carried inside. There was music, gospel music, and a live painting of a portrait of Floyd set to the performance, A Change Is Gonna Come. A change gonna come. I want justice for my brother, my big brother. Floyd's niece, Brooke Williams, delivering a passionate eulogy, saying her uncle's death was not just murder, but a hate crime. You shouldn't feel this pain. No one should feel this pain. The service also including a pre-recorded message from presidential candidate and former Vice President Joe Biden, who met privately with Floyd's family for more than an hour on Monday. Unlike most, you must grieve in public. It's a burden. A burden that is now your purpose to change the world for the better. In the name of George Floyd. Reverend Al Sharpton shared a eulogy and then one by one called on the families who have shared the Floyd family's anguish. Mother of Trayvon Martin, will you stand? The mother of Eric Garner, will you stand? His life mattered. All our lives matter. Black lives matter. His death would not be in vain. What's his name? After the service, Houston police escorted Floyd's body to Pearland, Texas, where he was laid to rest next to his mother. Floyd's friends and loved ones say they hope his funeral isn't the end, but instead marks the beginning of a widespread call for change. And the Senate has confirmed the first African-American leader of a military service. Senators confirmed General Charles Q. Brown to become the next Air Force chief of staff. The confirmation also makes Brown the second African-American officer to sit on the Joint Chiefs of Staff since Chairman General Colin Powell. And now to Los Angeles, where the nation's third largest police force is taking a new look at a controversial tactic used by officers. As Jaime Garcia explains, it's a move similar to the one used by officer, former officer Derek Chauvin on George Floyd, causing his death. The disturbing image of Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin, pressing with his knee on the neck of George Floyd, has been questioned the carotid restraint control hold a martial arts tactic used by police to subdue an individual. When you suppress the carotid artery in the neck, that is dangerous because it impedes the flow of oxygen to the brain and blood to the brain. And that sort of technique has been used by police departments across the country. We see now one result in Minnesota and another result in Texas that happened last year as well. We have to call the attention to the police practices. In the midst of the social pressure generated by the march and protests against police brutality, 
the Los Angeles police chief ordered a moratorium of the use as well as the training of the carotid restraint technique to give time for a review by the Los Angeles Police Commission. That deserves a big applause. That practice has no place in this democracy. Meanwhile, the Los Angeles Sheriff Department informed that in the last 10 years, that technique has been used by its deputies 193 times, but only on stream situations, without using a knee or foot, and no one has resulted injured. At the same time, there is a new bill that will forbid the use of this technique in all the state of California. Even though the LAPD might eliminate it, other police departments might keep on teaching this technique and using it. So statewide, it should, the training of this technique should be eliminated and the use of this tactic should be eliminated. In Los Angeles, Jaime Garcia, U News. Hundreds of protesters packed into Seattle's City Hall late into the night Tuesday. The demonstration came after a city councilwoman called for Mayor Jenny Durkin to resign or be impeached. That demand coming after police continued to use tear gas to disperse protesters following a 30-day ban announced by Durkin. One council member also calls for defunding the police. Attorney General William Barr is defending the presence of federal law enforcement and National Guard troops in Washington. In a letter to the city's mayor, Barr says footage of the protests gave the impression that America was on the brink of losing control of its capital. He wrote that unrest in Washington reached dangerous levels and threatened the operations of the U.S. government. Those comments were a response to Mayor Bowser's letter requesting the Trump administration withdraw federal law enforcement and military personnel from the city. About 5,000 National Guard troops had been called in to patrol Washington. Much of the nation has reopened, but the coronavirus pandemic isn't over. In fact, the number of coronavirus cases is spiking now in several states. Rafael Rodriguez has more on that rise and the growing number of hospitalizations due to the illness. Today, a new warning. We need to really be um, socially responsible when we go outside, socially distance. You know, I think there's evidence that we're not doing that. The nation's top infectious disease expert, Dr. Anthony Fauci, comparing the pandemic to his worst nightmare, telling Yahoo News. In a period of four months, it has devastated the world and it isn't over yet. 21 states in Puerto Rico registering a rise in coronavirus cases and 14 states, including Arizona, have seen their highest seven-day average growth since the pandemic began. Those numbers could be attributed to more testing, but several states are also seeing an uptick in hospitalizations. If we continue at a, at, at a rate like this, we're facing a significant chance that we're going to have to shut down the state again. Those entering the hospital with the coronavirus on the rise in these eight states. Doctors say the increases are related to reopening and a lack of social distancing. In Texas alone, hospitalizations are up 36 percent since Memorial Day. Members of the White House Coronavirus Task Force have also warned of a possible spike in infections due to the recent nationwide protests. Rafael Rodriguez, U News. And by the way, some members of the D.C. National Guard have already tested positive for the coronavirus in the wake of the mass protests across the nation's capital last week. 
The World Health Organization is now backtracking on comments made earlier this week when it released a statement suggesting that asymptomatic carriers of coronavirus likely could not infect others. As Luis Mejiv explains, the issue has prompted a new look at the data and a new look at what this could mean for billions of people around the world. Today is impossible to know who is infected with the virus and who is not. <coughs> to make it even more challenging, not every person develops symptoms. There's a group who doesn't have a fever or a cough. And the question is, how contagious are asymptomatic patients? The World Health Organization created a lot of confusion when it said not much and later had to walk back its comments. We do know that some people who are asymptomatic or some people who don't have symptoms can transmit the virus on. And so uh, what we need to better understand is how many of the people in the population don't have symptoms. The suggestion that asymptomatic patients are not very contagious generated a lot of criticism. Health experts want to be very clear. While asymptomatic state is very unusual in people with COVID-19, less than 3% of the patients are truly asymptomatic. The great majority of people develop symptoms, even mild symptoms. And you are infectious about 48 to 72 hours before you develop symptoms. And that period is called the presymptomatic stage. And presymptomatic people are infectious, are highly infectious. The lesson is you still have to wear a mask and keep your distance. The virus is very much around. In San Francisco, Luis Mejid, U News. And the largest movie theater owner in the world is getting ready to reopen its doors. AMC Theater says movie fans will be able to see films on the big screen starting next month. The chain's locations have been shut down since March 17th due to the coronavirus pandemic. Movie theaters are among the businesses hit hard by COVID-19. Last week, AMC did release a statement saying the company had substantial doubts about being able to stay afloat. The company had a net loss of more than $2 billion during the first quarter. In Ohio, a restaurant is suing the state over its coronavirus restrictions. The lawsuit asked the courts to provide a preliminary injunction to eliminate the regulations and any criminal penalties for not following those regulations. The lawyer representing the restaurant argues criminal enforcement should be legislated by the Ohio General Assembly and not the governor. More of you news after this short break. Imagine a daily newscast that speaks to you about your world in plain English. Each weekday, we partner with Hispanic America's most trusted news source to bring you the stories from home and abroad that matter to you. The Senate will turn itself into a courtroom. The private border fence is being installed. A police officer and three people were killed inside a Jewish supermarket in Jersey City. U News covers the news of your world and makes it easy to understand. Your world, your news. U News on Fusion. Welcome back to You News. Mexico saw another large spike of confirmed COVID-19 cases Tuesday with more than 4,000 new cases. The new cases bring Mexico's total confirmed coronavirus cases to more than 124,000 as the World Health Organization warns the country could be nearing its peak. The death toll there has reached more than 14,000, according to the country's health ministry. And with the coronavirus crisis growing worse in Mexico, the country's healthcare workers are increasingly in danger from contracting this illness. As Carla Rivera explains, even government health officials are being impacted. Until Sunday, 
The Mexican Health Authorities reported that the country had more than 117,000 infections and 13,000 deaths from COVID-19. Among those who tested positive for coronavirus is the head of Mexico's Social Security Institute, Zoe Robledo. The number of medical personnel infected in Mexico represents 13.6% of the total cases. That is, one of 10 positive cases is a health professional. Dr. Francisco Hernández tested positive for COVID-19 back in April. He was intubated for 11 days. We are on the front line of the battle, and many of us are getting sick. Each one of my lungs were damaged by more than 80%. My medical prognosis was bad. They told me I had 85% chance of dying. Francisco believes that doctors are not infected because of carelessness. However, he does believe that it's because of exposure to patients and lack of materials. The quality of the N95 mask is not always good. The masks were damaged, frequently the strings would break off. There were no face shields. Although Mexico is in the most critical stage of the pandemic, días. President López Obrador restarted his tours. In Chiapas, he said that not to lie helps prevent COVID-19. We have to be well with our conscience. Not lying, not stealing, not betraying help us in not getting the coronavirus. Senator René Juárez believes that the president should take the pandemic seriously. He claims that the government response has been slow. I believe that in this tragedy, there has been at least three factors, inconsistencies, successes, and insufficiencies. For example, there are hundreds of sick and dead doctors. During these times, the senator believes that the president's example is crucial. I know that we need to restart the economy, but not at the expense of innocent lives. The dead cannot work. First, we need to take care of the living. From Mexico City, Carla Rivera, U News. At drive-thrus in Alberta, Canada, you can now get free face masks in addition to your food. The government signed a deal with McDonald's, Tim Hortons and uh, AW to distribute them. The province of Alberta is providing 20 million masks to more than 600 fast food outlets. Restaurants are giving out a free four-pack of non-medical masks, no purchase necessary. And now to Spain, where Madrid streets dressed up in La Liga colors today as soccer is set to return tomorrow. Jerseys of Spanish top-tier soccer clubs hung over Preciado Street, a popular shopping street in central Madrid, as players take to the field. The stadiums will be empty, though, since fans will not be allowed to attend due to the pandemic. The season was postponed on March 10th due to the coronavirus outbreak. Thanks for listening to You News, the podcast. Don't forget to follow You News on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review. And join us tomorrow for a new episode. Until then.